All right. I guess I'm going to actually do this. Start recording now. My Spectacular Life, a memoir in the key of storytelling by Thomas Rose. Forward by Thomas Rose. Dedicated to anyone who's ever dreamed a dream and went for it. Also, to one of my parents. I'll let you guys guess over which one. Forward begins now. Webster defines forward as a section at the beginning of a book that introduces the book and is usually written by someone other than the book's author. Well, guess what? I'm writing this forward myself. Unlike those lazy authors, there's no one better than me to introduce a book about me. Also, I'm getting ahead of myself, unlike Marilyn Manson, who was giving ahead to himself. But that's a different story for a different day. You might be wondering, who is this? You probably recognize this voice, but maybe you can't place it. Or maybe not when I'm speaking. But let me ask you a question. Do you... <clears throat> Take that again. Edit point here. Start re-recording now. Do you recognize this voice now? <laughs> That's right. It's me, Thomas Rose, the famous singer, piano man, and memoirist. Now, this is the first audiobook for my first memoir, my Spectacular Life, a memoir in the key of storytelling by Thomas Rose. I decided to release it only in audiobook form because it's better for the environment and because I'm functionally illiterate. My teachers always tried to get me to read, but I would say, hey, there's no time to learn to read when you're gonna be famous. They loved me back then. The final reason I've chosen this audiobook format is you're not just getting me. You're getting me with my piano. Here's a question. When was the last time The Da Vinci Code did this? Suck it, Dan Brown. Why am I putting out a book, you ask? Well, there are two questions I get asked frequently in my life. Why did you retire from music? And what are you doing in my backyard? I'm going to attempt to answer the former in this book. You see, I was nominated for a Grammy as a teenager. And only a short time after, I hung it all up. Hopefully this book will help explain. I'm going to give you my whole history. I'll tell you about my legendary childhood, my fairy tale rise to stardom, my storybook downfall, and my thesaurus redemption. And don't worry, I'm not holding 
anything back. I'll tell all about my famous studio sessions, my diva moments, the house I burnt down in the woods, the failed island music festival, the bloodbath at the Grammys rehab, all of it. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll fall in love with me all over again. One quick note before we begin, I am a bit of a ludite, and I couldn't get anyone to help me with sound producing this project, so it's just me. Therefore, there won't be a lot of editing going on, and I'm sorry if some of it gets a little messy. But hey, isn't life a little messy? And now, let the memoir begin. Cut the recording there. Cool. Chapter One. A star is birthed. I had a very exceptional birth. I was born in a hospital, of all places. I was a large baby. Thunderthigh was the medical term. The moment I was born, the nurse looked into my mother's eyes and said, that boy is going to heal the world. That nurse's name? Nurse Jackie. I should mention something now that I've never mentioned before. Uh, The world knows me as Thomas Rose, but Rose is actually my middle name. I chose it as my stage name because it was easier to pronounce than my surname, Crown Affair. I was an easy child to raise. I never cried. It was more of a constant whine. My mom said she never got any sleep when I was a baby, and I told her, well, you should consider yourself lucky. You got a free Thomas Rose concert every single night. Uh, We lived in a quaint town in the Midwest. Just the three of us. I never had any brothers or sisters, which was my choice. I didn't have time for the sibling nonsense as it was. I had to entertain the greatest audience of all. The man in the mirror. And I'm not talking about Michael Jackson. I legally can't. I signed an NDA. Anyway... I was a 90s... Oh, I just got the worst cramp. Fuck. Oh, that really hurts. Okay. Okay, edit point there. Maybe it'll help me to remember the edit point if I spike the volume. Um, All right, I guess I'll kind of yell till I can remember it. Ah! Yeah, that should help me. Remember, God, this is a real pain to do. Um, Okay, start recording again now. Anyway, I was a 90s kid. Anyone from my generation understands that this was a different time. Kids today never have to be creative with their Netflix and their Nintendo Switch. As a boy, I had nothing to entertain myself but my own imagination, my keyboard, and my Nintendo 64. I'll never forget the keyboard we had in my house growing up. I think it was a Yamaha? I want to say Yamaha. From the first time I touched the piano, I was something special. You see, most kids 
play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star like this. Fuck. Retake. Another. Ugh. This is going to take so long. Okay. <clears throat> Retake. Most kids play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star like this. That sucks. See, when I was a kid, I played it a little something like this. That is talent. I would play all day and all night. Sometimes, right when I started playing, my dad would leave the house for hours. He was probably out telling his friends about his talented little boy. I didn't just play at home, though. When I was only eight years old, I became the organist at my church. Can you imagine that? Thomas Rose playing in a church? <laughs> it didn't last long, though. The priest ended up firing me. I think because my playing was so good, it ended up distracting from the service. Also, I was pocketing the donation money every chance I got. Hey, I was the piano man. You're supposed to tip the piano man. Put some bread in my jar, you know? I was also putting communion wafers in a jar and taking them home. It was the 90s. The church wasn't big enough for me, but I continued honing my craft. One day I was performing at my school talent show. The next day I was performing at another school's talent show. I would just show up and take the mic from whoever was on stage. It was hilarious. I got banned from more schools than I can count. And I couldn't count very high because I didn't spend any time learning. Every school project I turned into a musical project. I remember during the spelling bee, my teacher said to me, spell ambulance. I said, any dumbass can spell ambulance, but can any dumbass Sing ambulance, and then I went ambulance. Ironically enough, that's what the teacher needed because he had a huge meltdown and ended up having a heart attack. But I got in that ambulance with him and I sang to him the whole way. My best friend during my school days was a little boy called Edward. He served two very important functions for me back then. He was my partner in crime and my biggest fan. Each day after school, I'd set out to busk, and there was Edward, right there with me, laughing along, carrying my things for me, doing my homework so I could focus on the music. What an adventure! We split whatever I made busking 50-50. Of course... As the artist, I got the larger 50, and then you had to factor in travel expenses, fees. He ended up owing me a little bit of money, but I never made him pay till it reached a hundred dollars. I'll never forget the day I wrote my first original song. I was 11 years old. It was 2001, and it was a Tuesday in September. September 4th, 2001. I think the song was about chocolate milk. <laughs> in high school, I formed my very first band. I was on piano and vocals, of course, and Edward, my little buddy, was on drums. 
He was a dreadful drummer. I used to joke that he kept time about as well as an oven clock on daylight savings day. He never laughed at that. I think it was over his head. We'd do little shows. I'd set up my keyboard, then sit at the stool while Edward carried in his various drums. He looked so silly carrying all that stuff with his little frame. I wanted to help him, but I always think my best when I'm watching people carry stuff. We were called Thomas Rose and the Untalented. Edward hated the name, but he got outvoted. You see, I was piano and vocal, so I got two votes. I won most of the votes. A real turning point for me musically was my sophomore year Battle of the Bands. Now I knew this would be huge, so I made Edward practice to the point of obsession. Every single morning for two weeks leading up to the show, I had him drive over to my house at five in the morning so we could talk strategy and he could cook me breakfast. Edward's cooking was uninspired, but it was good to have him around. You know, to have a person to bounce ideas off of and do my laundry. We got to the night of the show and I was nervous. Can you imagine that? Legendary singer-songwriter Thomas Rose. Nervous? I certainly can't. I drove to the Battle of the Bands because I was worried about Edward's drinking problem. He hadn't started drinking yet, but he seemed like the type. When we arrived, the event organizer, Mr. Quaid, told us how the whole thing worked. Basically, everyone in the audience got one vote. They voted for the band they liked the most, and the band that got the most votes was the champion. This simply would not do. You see, the other bands had a bunch of friends in the crowd. My only friend was Edward, and he was part of the show, so he was useless. I demanded that we do a different method. Mr. Quaid said, nope, this is the democratic way and we're sticking to it. He was such a dictator. The other three bands went first and it seemed like they were just playing for their friends. They were smiling and laughing and going back and forth. It was disgusting. This is not what music was about. When it finally became our turn, I took a deep breath, got my keyboard and set up on the stage. Then Edward set up his drum set, which took way too long. That is when I had an epiphany. If I was going to win this thing, I needed to do it alone. I told Edward, get the fuck off my stage. He started to complain and cry, that lousy drunk. But I didn't care. This was my moment. I was going to win over this crowd. I played my favorite song of all time. I even changed the lyrics a bit. In the moment. Here's how it went. Retake. <clears throat> Re-record now. I am beautiful no matter what they say. Edward can bring me down. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. Everyone was blinking. I got off the stage and headed right to my car. I knew in my heart I had won the whole thing. As I left, Edward ran behind me screaming things like, You're my ride home! And, 
Please, I have to put my drums in your car, or else I'll get stranded. He was such a moron. The next morning, over the school announcements, they misspoke when they said who won the contest, but that was all right. I knew in my heart what I had done, and I realized I had outgrown the school. I told my parents that night I was dropping out. They were furious. They said, even if you're a musician, you should still get an education. They didn't know how to dream. I actually pity them sometimes. It was time for me to leave school behind and face the world. I had nothing to my name except for my dream and the $50,000 college fund I demanded my parents transfer into my account. I wasn't going to school anyways. What should it do? Sit there in case I change my mind? I was too talented for the Midwest. I decided I had to go to Music City. That's right, New York, New York. The city that had the best music in the world. The Naked Cowboy, JD and the Straight Shot, all of it. I wanted to be part of that scene. I left in the middle of the night. I only made one stop to pick up Edward. I snuck in through his back door, which I always demanded he leave unlocked just in case musical inspiration struck or I needed to ask him a favor. I crept up the stairs and snuck into his room. I tried to wake him gently, but that didn't work, so I had to wake him violently. He asked me what was going on. I said, get your keys. We're going to New York. He said, what about school? I said, buddy, we are in this together. You and me against the world. We're too big for school. We are going to be famous. If you don't come with me, it's going to be the biggest regret of your life. Well, maybe except that haircut. <laughs> he didn't laugh at that one. I think he was still half asleep. It took over an hour, but I was finally able to convince Edward to take the journey with me. I think it was a mix of my infectious optimism and violent threats. So we got in his van and headed east. It's impossible to capture the feeling that Edward and I had that night, breaking all the rules, chasing our dream, going to New York City. I wish I could say that it all worked out for both of us, but, well, New York City is a big place. Sometimes people there disappear. That happened to one of us. Find out which one in Chapter 2 of My Spectacular Life, a memoir in the key of storytelling by Thomas Rose. Stop recording. Jesus Christ, are they all going to be that long fuck?